This podcast is produced by Audiofy. You spirit of rebellion, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, I'll break your power over my child, my spouse, my family. Somebody shout hallelujah. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at canigetanamen at gmail.com. Don't cower in fright this Halloween or the telling of the latest ghost story. God is infinitely greater than any power of evil, including Satan himself. See, the devil is never out of God's control, and the Lord is constantly taking the evil done by Satan and those under his control and turning their evil into good. The devil's goal since the Garden of Eden has been to destroy God's good creation and to keep mankind in rebellion against God. But God is so much more powerful and wiser that he continually turns around the devil's evil schemes to use them to accomplish his holy will to his glory. The greatest example of God turning the devil's evil into good is found in the crucifixion of Jesus. Satan deceived man into doing the most egregious act possible, murdering the Son of God. It looked as if he had won as if Satan had taken out God's man sent to save the world from Satan's power. Yet, far before God created the earth, before he had even created Satan, God had planned to use the devil's own schemes as a tool to carry out his greatest sacrifice, Jesus' death on the cross, to pay for the sins of mankind, which made possible perfect reconciliation between God and man, which Satan had worked so hard to prevent. When God the Father raised his son Jesus from the grave, the power of death was defeated and Satan's destruction was sealed forever. This is Can I Get an Amen? My name is Bishop Person Gonzalez, and I'm your host. So glad that you joined me today. A little while ago, we changed our hosting uh, site, and so uh, some folks had trouble finding us again, but I'm glad you're coming back. And I want to say thank you to all those who liked it, who shared it, and subscribed. Uh, it's because of you that more people are finding us, and we're able to share the gospel and the beautiful message of Jesus Christ with so many folks. We're in a new series called The Name of Jesus. And this one is a powerful one. It's called The Supernatural Power of the Name of Jesus. Andre Crouch used to say, the Bible says that demons shiver at the sound of that name. Jesus. So let's go to the altar at Vida Church for this powerful message. I hope it blesses you. I'll see you on the other side. 
Luke chapter 4, verses 31 to 37, tells the story of when Jesus cast out a demon of a man. Guess where they were? In church. Luke 4, verse 31. He came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching there on the Sabbath. They were amazed at his teachings, for his message was with authority. There was a man in the synagogue possessed by a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him by saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, in their midst, he came out of him without doing any harm. And amazement came upon all of them. And they began discussing with one another saying, what is this message? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the report about him was getting out into every locality in the surrounding districts. All right. We got some work to do in this, in this verse. As we learn from the Bible, there is a wicked force of evil spirits that are in this world. They're called demons. Originally, they were created by God as holy angels. Their home was heaven, and they worshiped God in heaven. Amen? But... Through pride and through rebellion, they became evil. Their leader, Lucifer, became known as Satan. And everybody knows him as the devil, right? Uh, he was able to lead one-third of all of the hosts of heaven uh, into a rebellion through his pride and their pride. As a result of their rebellion and pride, they were cast out of heaven by God himself. They numbered in the millions. Amen? These are eternal beings. They, they do not die. Amen. They were created by God originally, so they're going to live forever. Amen. You can't pray, Lord, kill this demon. It won't happen. They, they, they can't die. They're eternal. All right. But in the future, the Bible says that they're going to be thrown into a lake of fire. They cannot be redeemed. They cannot be forgiven, nor will they ask or repent for it because they are Wicked through and through. Amen? They operate in the world today to achieve the purpose of Satan, which is to thwart the purpose of God. The only agenda that Satan has is to, is to stand against whatever God is doing. Amen? All right. They are behind the world's complex system of evil. And they are, they are a dominating power in the lives of all the people who don't belong to Jesus through faith. Now, I want to say that again. The whole of humanity that does not acknowledge Jesus and doesn't accept Jesus through faith is under the grip and the force of these evil spirits. These demons, they are real, they are personal, and they are wicked. 1 John 8, 44. This one I have for you on the screen. All the unconverted are the children of who? 
Did that say some? Did that just say the murderers and the, and, and, and the rapists? What does that say? All the unconverted are children of the devil. Ouch, that hurts. That, that, feels, that feels harsh. <laughs> it, gets, it gets tougher. 1 John chapter 5, 19 says, The whole world of humanity's lies in the lap of the evil one. The whole world of humanity. Any, anybody that is not washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus has their head on the lap of Satan. Woo! Bishop, we going apple picking. Why are you getting so serious? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 says that they are all children of wrath. They are all under the influence of the spirit of the disobedience who works in them. Ouch. This is not a feel-good sermon, not yet. Second Corinthians chapter 4 says, The God, lowercase g, of this world has blinded their minds so they cannot understand the gospel. Amen? I want you to get this. Anyone who is not blood-washed and serving God is under some form of influence of some demon. Just like those of us that are washed and blood-bought, we have angels that protect us and they war for us and they fight for us. Men, the other side of this is if you don't have an angel warring and protecting you, you are easy pickings for the enemy. There is a world system, amen, that is, that is run by Satan. And all of those demons who act in a hierarchy and they're committing the, the plans of Satan all around the world. All around the world. So you look at the world and you see evil. And when you see the depths and the heights and the lengths and the depths and the breadth of evil of the world, you're seeing not only the result of, of, of human depravity, which is by itself produces its own evil, right? But, but we see that there's a, a compounded result of this complex system of wickedness being perpetrated by millions of supernatural demons. They work together. To block people from reaching their God-intended purposes. That's their main mission. To block people from hearing the voice of God. To stop people from walking into an, a, a, an eternal and beautiful relationship with Almighty God. This is, what they, this is what they do. They would like to stop God's purpose of redeeming sinners. They would like to, to stop the Holy One from being, being able to, to rescue and bring people back from the grip of Satan. Now, in my VLA class, uh, I started teaching my students that there is something called the law of first mention. The law of first mention, if you want to go back to what demons are, you, you'll go back to the Genesis 6. Now, I'm not going to get into all of what that is entailed, but if you want to read about where demons came from and what their purpose is, read Genesis 6. And so these demons, these angels, these fallen angels, they actually uh, 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 took possession of men and they slept with women. And, and their, their goal was to produce evil offspring. It's a, it's a absolute diabolical attempt to infiltrate the race of man. Because in the beginning, after the fall, uh, God tells Eve, from your seed, there will be one. So Satan said, we've got to infiltrate the seed. And so these demons took on possession of, of the bodies of men and they started to dilute the seed so that Jesus couldn't come. That's why when God found Noah, the only righteous one, God said, I'm going to save him and keep the bloodline clean 
so that Satan can't work out his plan. Now these demons indwell in, in the Old Testament this one time. We don't see any other time in scripture in Old Testament where a demon takes possession of a person. With Saul, we see that demons tormented Saul, but they didn't go in him. Right? So we don't see, we don't see it, though we know it happened. We don't see it. It isn't to say that demons didn't move in people. They did, but I want, I want to tell you a secret. Demons don't like to manifest. Demons would prefer be hidden. They don't want to be exposed. They want to operate in hiding. Their job is to, to, to do evil, but not be discovered. We don't see them. We see that these angels are disguised as angels of light. And they would rather operate in a clandestine way. They're like secret satanic 007 agents. <laughs> they want to they wanna be in disguise. They, they'd rather be disguised as angels of light. They, they, they disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness. Oh, I'm going to start preaching here. They don't want to be manifested who they really are. My entire ministry. I've only seen two. And I've seen a bunch of, of, of people acting up and being crazy. But I've only in my life seen two true demonic possessions. Where, where I, I sense the pure evil. When you speak to an, a fallen evil spirit. When a per person's voice changes. And they're speaking a language that is. It's, that's demonic. That's demonic. I've seen that twice in my life. You don't see it a lot, not as much as you would think, and certainly not as much as we saw in the New Testament. In the New Testament, we saw it a lot. Jesus was so powerful. His message was so powerful. His person was so powerful that when he came to the world, he came to preach the gospel, and he began to come to the people by this message of the gospel of God and the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and when demons started to hear this, they began to tremble. I believe that when Jesus came, uh, although in the Old Testament you didn't hear about demon manifestation, in the New Testament, especially with Jesus, you heard about it all the time because the message of Jesus and the person of Jesus was so powerful that they got scared. And involuntarily, they came out through the power of Jesus Christ. Usually they don't like to do that. They would much rather operate in a person who's teaching liberal, liberal seminars. They would much rather work in lawmakers that are trying to advance the ungodly agenda in America and throughout the world. They would much rather be in the body of false preachers and false prophets. They don't want to be exposed. They want to act like people that quote scripture but are leading you astray. Mm -hmm. they, they can get a lot more done being subtle than exposing themselves. And in places of authority and government, demons are working their agenda. They seem sophisticated and it sounds elite and it sounds academic, but it's diabolical to the core. These people are, are, are human instruments. And if you listen to them, they're, these, these, these liberal people, they, they tell you that you can't believe the Bible. Isn't that what Satan told Eve? You can't believe God. If you listen real closely, you're going to, you're going to hear people in, 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 in the mainstream of, of the world saying you can't believe the Bible. God is not trustworthy. If God loved you so much, why would he allow you to go through so much pain? And, and some of us in this room bought that lie. 
Because it's been said so often and so repeated and the pain is so great, we start to wonder, if God's so good, then why am I hurting so bad? Purely demonic thinking. Amen? I'm convinced the devil's got a Facebook account too. He tweets too. He tweets more than Trump. Satan's whole thing about, about uh, speaking to Eve was underlying God's not trustworthy. That's what he was telling. If you really listen to what the liberal world is saying, God's not trustworthy. Can you really believe? Why? If God's so good, why won't he eat, let us eat from that good tree? It's the best tree here. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to know. He wants to keep you. God's not good. He tells you that God or the Bible is not good. He tells you. That's what Satan is implying. That's what, that's what all around us is implying to us. God isn't good. If he was good, he wouldn't tell you that you can't eat from that good tree over there. You can't trust God. You have to trust yourself. Don't, don't trust God. Don't pray. You're wasting your time. Nobody's listening. Mm, God isn't the best thing for you. You're the best thing for you. These are the messages that we're getting. See, Satan, from the very beginning, did one particular thing, and that was to undermine the character of God. If you don't think God is good, he won. If you start to, to, to believe that God is less than who he is, God is love, God is good. Once you start thinking, man, God's messed up. Man, God don't care for me. I'm praying and he's not hearing me. You, those conversations you're having are demonically inspired. And you see the root of this in the garden. Now, if we go back to this text, we find that Luke records this first miracle. It's not the first miracle of Jesus, but it's the first miracle that Luke records. And at this point, it's to demonstrate that Jesus has power over the kingdom of darkness. I need you to know this. The, pow the power of Jesus is so great over the power of Satan and all those demons. Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Anybody know that? Amen. And so as God, Jesus is the one that kicked Satan out of heaven. He's the one that threw out all those angels from heaven. And if he could throw Satan and all those angels out of heaven, he could certainly throw a demon out of a person. He's got that authority. He's got that power. Amen, somebody? Amen. And, and, and if you're going to come down here and say that you're the Messiah and you're the son of God, amen, and you have authority over the earth, then you better show the world that you have power over demonic forces. And that's why he did it over and over and over and over again. Read your Bible. Look at how many times Jesus rebuked demons. He was trying to prove something to those of us that would later call on his name. There is power in the name of Jesus to cast out devils. Jesus came according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I want you to read this with me. For the Son of God was manifest that he might what? What did he come to do? Okay, so listen to me. When God made Adam and Eve, his plan was that they would, they would live in perfect relationship with him. That broke down, amen, and, and from that moment on, Satan's been trying to undermine the work of God. So much so. That Jesus, God sent the flood to destroy uh, and, and Noah's ark. Everybody knows that story. And so much so that a couple of other times God wanted to destroy mankind. He got upset. He got furious. But instead of destroying them, he said, I'll go down myself. 
I'll go down there. I'm going to have to clean up this mess myself. <laughs> Every, when I was young, there were eight of us in the house, and, and, and all of us were downstairs, and, and one of the rooms is right under my father's room. And he had to wake up early to go to work, and we'd be up till 11, 12, 1 in the morning. And then he would send my mom down, say, hey, your dad said be quiet. And we'd be like, okay, okay, okay. But we wouldn't. But my father would bang on the floor with his foot. He says, don't make me go down there. And we go, and we go oh, okay, okay, okay. But we keep goofing around. When we heard, we acted asleep. We acted like Jesus came and there was nothing left. We just knew that there was going to be trouble. Because my dad was little, but he, was, he would come in like a Tasmanian devil, swinging. <laughs> Whoever he caught first, he made an example out of that guy first. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus said, don't make, oh, I'm going to have to go down there. And he came down here so that we would understand once and for all that there is a limit to the power of Satan and demons. They can't do whatever they want. That's why he came. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to restore the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen. And one of the works of the devil is to hold men captive to false systems and to wickedness. There are some people, even in this room, who are being held captive and not being allowed to see the gospel for what it is. In Jesus' name, I rebuke whatever foul spirit is trying to blind you from seeing the truth of Jesus Christ. I want you to realize, they were in the synagogue. They were under teaching. They were supposed to be detected in a place like that, but they were not. But under the preaching of Jesus, they couldn't keep their, their, their secret identity. They, they, they began to panic and scream in sheer terror. And I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why these demons couldn't just be quiet. In verse 33, the demon tells the reason why. In verse 33 of that same verse, here's the demon living in the man. This demon skrill, the one that screams out in the middle of Jesus' teaching. By the way, it was in the middle of Jesus' teaching. Jesus wasn't praying. He wasn't laying hands. He wasn't rebuking. He was teaching the gospel with authority. What was Jesus doing? He was beginning to lay out the plan of the gospel. But he was beginning to lay the work of why he was sent. And he was teaching the gospel, the, the Old Testament uh, with power and, and conviction. He's laying the groundwork. That would later point to him being the Messiah. And in the middle of his gospel presentation, under the powerful, the most powerful preacher that ever did it, the most powerful preacher that ever speak in a church, this demon screams in terror. What would make a demon scream in terror? When you read the New Testament, you're going to discover that it is not that we need to be afraid of demons, but the demons are afraid of us. The reason why they shiver that scares them to their core is, is, is the purpose of the Son of God. It's not just his preaching, but what is his purpose? The purpose of the Son of God to go down in verse 34 again. Listen to what he says. The demon says to him, have you come to what? Have you come to destroy us? What does it mean that you are going to destroy us? What he's, what he's saying is, have you come to undo what we have done? <laughs> 
First John 3, 8, for the son of God was manifest that he might destroy what? The works of the devil. So they know that. They know the plan. He's already thrown them out of heaven. <laughs> and, 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 and they've already been sentenced to eternal wickedness and punishment. So, so the question is, have you come to destroy us? This, this demon doesn't quite know the chronology. This demon doesn't know about, about, about when they're going to go. All they know is that Jesus is going to come. God is going to come and send them and cast them to hell. This demon is speaking for all the other demons. He says, have you come to destroy us? The question is, is this the end? Am I going to, am I going to burn now? That's the question. Is it, is it over for me? Mm -hmm. Have you come to destroy us? What have we to do with you? Is this it? <laughs> There's a story of a guy that was uh, uh, doing ministry in deep Africa, in a, in, in a village in Africa. And, and, he, and, and this village was very, very well known for being... Uh, uh, demonic and they had witchcraft and they have all this stuff but this missionary lone missionary goes in and he starts to preach the, the gospel the first week one person accepts the lord jesus christ and that night he goes to sleep and there's like trembling and he can feel the presence of demonic and he says ah, and nothing happens the first day second night three people come to the lord and 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 that night he goes to sleep and more shake him he's like whatever it is demons in this and then fourth day more people come to Jesus, and, and, and that house shakes more. The sixth day, the village comes to Jesus. The, the village chief accepts Jesus Christ. Everybody in the, in, the, in the village accepts Jesus Christ. And that night, he's sleeping, and now it's like an earthquake. The whole house is shaking. <laughs> shaking. It's shaking so bad that his house, the, that his bed that was against the wall, it starts to move. <laughs> And it's moving away. And, and, and the evangelist for a minute forgot who he was. And he's scared because, listen, it sounds cute. But, but there is a, there's, a, there's a stench. And there is a pure sense of evil when these demons manifest. It ain't cute. So this evangelist, he lost himself. And so he's, he, became so, he became so afraid. He panicked. And he throws his head into the blanket. And he's, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And, this, and the, the, the presence is getting closer and closer to him. And, and, and all of a sudden he remembers, wait a minute. I, I'm the preacher. What? Wait a minute. He's mad because everybody accepted Jesus. I've got more power in this town than him. And so he says, in the name of Jesus, and all the shaking stops for a second. And he goes, who? <laughs> and then he starts shaking again, and more violently, and more to, to, to put more fear in him. And he says, no, in the name of Jesus. And he says it louder, and it stops again. He's afraid, but he's still afraid, and the devil can sense it. So he starts shaking. Now the pieces of the, of the hut are falling apart and things are breaking. And, 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 but now he gets upset. So he stands up on his bed. He's still got his eyes closed. And he stands up on his bed and he says, In the name of Jesus, I'm going to rebuke you from this house. But first, put my bed back. And the devil shakes. He shakes. All the way back to the house. <laughs> he said, this bed is heavy. I'm going to put it. I'm going to move it. You move it. I want to tell you something. Uh, one time Jesus told his disciples, go out, heal the sick, rebuke demons. And they went and they healed the sick, but one demon didn't want to come out. So Jesus had to do it, go and take care of the demons. He's a little boy. 
quick story. Now, Jesus is telling the 70. Jesus is sending 70. And I like Jesus' plan. Before Jesus would go into a town, he would send disciples into the town. He sent 70 of them, two by two. And they all went into the towns, and they all came preparing the message of Jesus. These were the guys that were Jesus hype guys, right? They were there to say, yo, Jesus is coming to town. Are you going to go to the convention? Hey, I got free tickets for you. You want to go? And he, they're just trying to tell everybody about Jesus that's coming. So the reason why there were so many crowds when Jesus came into a town was because his disciples had gone first and said, this guy named Jesus is coming. Demons run when he shows up. Healings happen. You call your, call your friends, call your neighbors. When he comes into town, we need to have everybody come together. But listen to what, listen to what he told the 70. I want you to go and I want you to heal them. I want you to go and I want you to heal them. When his 70 came back, they were going bananas. They were going crazy. They were like, Jesus! Yo! It was crazy! We were healing people, but demons were under the authority of your name. Whenever we said your name, demons ran and they were tripping because that's not the instruction that Jesus gave them. <laughs> Jesus said, heal the sick. But there's something so powerful in the name of Jesus that even when you don't mean it, demons are going to shake and tremble. Even when it's not your mission, even when all you want to do is pray for somebody in the hospital that's sick, there's something about when you finish your prayer and you say, in the name of Jesus, every demon in your hearing vicinity has to shake and tremble. It may not have been your mission, but that's the purpose. Every time you say the name of Jesus, and now listen to me, it's time for the church to start using the name of Jesus Christ over Satan, over the power of darkness, because Satan's already defeated. You use the name of Jesus to keep him there. Amen? Under your feet. We're going to make a declaration. We're going to make a prayer today. The name of Jesus in our midst. You have the authority. Over every single spirit. And I want to be clear. If the spirit of strife, envy, suicide, murder, drug addiction, alcoholism, any sort of addiction, any wrong spirit tries to enter your home and your family, I need you to start doing something. I need you to start dealing with it immediately. I don't want you to wait and say, well, let's see how this goes. No, the moment you perceive that the enemy is trying to mess with you, immediately I need you to take possession of the power that is in the name of Jesus. And I want you to pray like this. Everybody's going to pray this with me. Amen. Say, I command you in Jesus name to take your hands off my children. Pause. Somebody ought to praise God right there. Take your hands off my children. Come on. Where's the mother? Where's the father? Where's the mother and the father that needs to pray this prayer? Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my children. Let's read. You spirit of rebellion, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, I'll break your power over my child, my spouse, my family. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, take authority. Take your hands off my marriage in Jesus' name. Take your hands off my finances in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, God. I want, I want, let's read this next line. I forgive.
forbid you to operate in her life anymore. I take by force what belongs to me and that includes my children and my family. Somebody shout hallelujah. Demons are afraid when you speak the name. Demons tremble when you say the name. Well, after that, we went on to have a, what we call a Holy Ghost party at the church. A lot of people received uh, power. They took hold of the name of Jesus. And I pray that for you today. I hope that you get a hold of the power, the supernatural power that is in the name of Jesus. About to leave you now, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Please like, share, subscribe. And listen to our other podcast called My Music with Herson Gonzalez. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. If you enjoyed our program, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time.